Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Inquisitive Introvert Podcast. I'm joined today by Krishna, who is the Vice President of Health uh, Data Exchange here at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, Krishna, I wanted to speak with you uh, for a few different reasons. I feel like you have a really interesting story and background, but I actually wanted to get your input on some of the um, things that are going on in the healthcare industry. Um, before we get into that, we should probably let people know how we met. So actually, we work here at Blue Cross Blue Shield, and you were, were one of my instructors for um, my master's degree in biomedical informatics, so that's kind of kind of our background. I really enjoyed uh, your 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 leadership in that class. It was fun, one of my favorite classes I've taken thus far. Um, so, Krishna, just before we get into the hot topics, I kind of want to know a little bit about your background. Um, just briefly, kind of kind of let us know where you're from and, and how you got into the industry. Cool. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously, uh, excited to talk about healthcare and data <laughs> and uh, technology. Um, so I, I uh, grew up in southern India, a place called Chennai. Um, it's in the sort of southeastern part of the Indian Peninsula. Um, so I came to the United States about 20 years back for graduate school. Um, I went to UIC. Um, and then uh, that was actually when my sort of introduction to healthcare actually happened. Part of my master's thesis was on sort of using digital signal processing techniques in order to separate out heart sounds so we can sort of localize where uh, murmur was happening or what part of the heart had uh, had sort of a problem and so it was uh, sort of my my first sort of introduction to sort of healthcare and using technology and engineering principles there so, so it was a neat experience now from there i i went to epic which is a, a leading healthcare it uh, provider up in madison wisconsin so i was recruited off uh, campus and i joined as an entry-level sort of technical services engineer um and then had a chance to work on, you know, many sort of healthcare systems. There sort of epic EHR installs across the country. Uh, I got to work with Cleveland Clinic and Geisinger and and Data Care up in Wisconsin and and in the Chicago area with like North Shore, um, Rush, and so it was really cool to get a sort of a front row seat to how technology is implemented and used in health systems. Um, uh, from there, I joined um, DuPage Medical Group, so I, I wanted to get closer to where care was delivered and how I can make an impact. I, I loved what I did at Epic, but I felt as a technology provider, I wasn't uh, directly sort of shaping how care was delivered. Um, so, so I joined uh, uh, actually an Epic customer called DuPage Medical Group. They're a large independent provider group in the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, and uh, it was really cool. I had a variety of roles. I led their transformation efforts on on what they called value-driven healthcare, so a movement from, from fee-for-service to value. And this was 10 years back, like well before sort of fee-for-value or value-based care was even a thing. Um, so it was really exciting to see such a forward-thinking physician group um, want to sort of tackle that. Um, so yeah, I spent eight years, a variety of roles there, um, and then came to the payer side. So that was sort of a... You know, I've been with Blue uh, Cross Blue Shield uh, for about eighteen months now. So it's sort of my <laughs> my background and healthcare journey so far. So super fascinating. Um, so along with that, Krishna, one um, field that has emerged out of all this data talk is health informatics, and it's a variety of different sort of definitions out there. But but what is your definition of health informatics, biomedical informatics, bioinformatics, all <laughs> everything that's listed under the umbrella? Yeah, no, great question. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I was, I was talking to actually somebody just earlier this week about it. Um, I'd say for me, the maybe the simplest definition for me, I, I what I what I love about sort of health informatics, bioinformatics is it's sort of the intersection of sort of data, technology, medicine, and it's a sort of a unique confluence of these three fields. Um, and and obviously there are so many sort of opportunities in in delivering meaningful, actionable information sort of in workflow, whether it's where care gets delivered or where the sort of our providers practice. And there is a there's an art and science to it, how information is uh, presented in a way that is uh, can be acted upon, how information can be sort of distilled in a way that is sort of meaningful and useful and contextual. Um, uh, you know, lots of opportunities. And I think particularly one of the one of the things that excites me about that is it is such a sort of multidisciplinary field, mm-hmm. uh, both art and science sort of combined into it. Um, so I guess that's that was how that's how you know the, the simplest way I've defined it. Uh, yeah. Oh, sweet. So one question that I have, Krishna, and, and I think a lot of people might have this question is why was healthcare so late to the game in terms of data integration and, and sort of understanding and, and analyzing patient information? I feel like, you know, you have it in, in different industries, whether it be music or entertainment that have kind of um, latched on to data, but healthcare has kind of been a bit behind. Yeah, great question. Um, I'd say I think healthcare has always had these sort of pools of data that didn't always cross. Uh, I think we've had these the the pharma pool, the the payer pool, the provider pool, the sort of the patient uh, reported pool. Um, so these we've had these sort of distinct sort of you know sort of collections of data a, in in various stages of maturity. Like not not every data was sort of robust um, and and clearly they didn't have a reason for these sort of pools to actually sort of intersect. Um, and and that's changed quite a bit. I mean, I'd say even the last sort of you know like five ten years, um, you know the 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 so the longest standing pool of data is probably of mass data has largely been in the data you need to get paid, like mm-hmm. you know what what comes in a claim, um, and so that's been a I think a, a rich source of data there, and then particularly with sort of federal incentives to incentivize um, sort of provider hospital adoption through EHR, we have a very rich and robust pool of sort of clinical data in in you know the walls of hospitals and and physician groups and if you see some of the statistics of meaningful use it's quite impressive the the sort of coverage we have there um, we're obviously also having a growing set of sort of patient data largely sort of a Fitbit and health kits and some of those sort of aspects there. It's a lot of noise in the data, but certainly higher volumes of data. And we've always had sort of, you know, pharma data largely from a clinical trials mm-hmm. perspective there. Um, interestingly, you know, we've had many sort of data silos and, and uh, particularly regulation, the pressure to sort of... Um, uh, go to more value-based care, the pressure to make care more affordable than the cost curve uh, it has been sort of interestingly forcing functions for these various pools to start to sort of interconnect and crisscross and, and send data back and forth. And so uh, we're sort of at a, at a such a fascinating time in our, I think, the history of of data in healthcare that, and we have sort of a, whether it's regulation, whether it's aligned incentive contracts, mm-hmm. um, designed to sort of, you know, further the movement of data. Um, so I'm excited there, um, but it's going to take us some time, right? Like it's uh, even with uh, meaningful use, 
CMS even last year was starting to pivot to you know they incented the collection of data and the installation of systems and now they're sort of even pivoting to sort of what they call promote interoperability how do we make sure that the 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 collections of data even in provider settings are actually you know interoperable um, and talking to each other to to sort of provide benefit and care delivery they also sort of proposed uh, certain rules uh, earlier this year on 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 just how do we make that sort of data transfer happen between providers to providers providers to payers and so it's an interesting space that i think we'll we'll continue to see more activity on um I expect more of that happening even in the sort of the, the patient community. Okay. Um, many of the rules are largely around member providing consent to, to move yes. the data around or sort of the the liberation of CMS fee for service Medicare data via sort of blue button. Um, so it's an interesting mm-hmm. uh, you know sort of movement from a regulation perspective, particularly um, to, to have these sort of you know pools of data connect. Um, and I think we'd see we're going to see more and more of that, uh, you know, in, in all of these dimensions, including sort of as as, as pharma and value-based purchasing of, of drugs and outcomes sort of continue to become true. I think we'll see more of that. Um, we've unfortunately had to play catch up, and you're right. Um, there are industries that, um, like the financial services, for instance, they've they've almost had to interoperate yeah. to, to move funds and mm-hmm. you know EFTs in the process. Um, and so they've, they've had some sort of head start and, and I think we're, we're, we're having to play catch up. But obviously it's an exciting time to be in healthcare because yeah. all this is happening. For so. sure, for sure. One question that I had, um, Krishna, that maybe this is a silly question, but why do we have various um, EMR systems? Does it strictly boil down to money? Because I know certain EMR systems you pay you know, I don't know, X amount of dollars and, it, and it's limited to a certain amount of functions? Or is it mostly because the processing of data is so complex that you need, I guess, various vendors to process whatever information is out there? Or is it like a kind of a money game or both? <laughs> well, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, the need to have many vendors or a money game there. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's just, that's what happens in a competitive capitalistic economy, yeah. right? We have multiple... Mm-hmm ways of solving certain problems and we determine the market you know the market determines sort of the winners and losers there and so ehr like any technology or, or any sort of services right like i mean you have uh, many grocery stores to pick from you have many banks to pick from you have many you know you know sort of ride sharing yeah. options to pick from and so it's just a pure sort of a you know that's what it means to be in an, in an economy you want to have multiple players you want to have multiple sort of options to pick from. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, why multiple EHRs exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say particularly, you know, with, with the requirements for certification and some of the, um, you know, the, what, what it takes to sort of meet all the requirements that came via Meaningful Use, it did make some winners and losers out of mm-hmm. this. I think it sort of shrunk the playing field because most companies had to do a, a lot to sort of meet the requirements and uh, it's still you know I think we still want to promote competition but that's mm-hmm. a, a core of what America is um, but at the same time we want to create some consistently uh, consistency and some standardization because we want particularly the we want these systems to truly be interoperable we want yeah. uh, you know just like you know bank one can send some money to mm-hmm. bank two even though they may have 
different core systems. We still have sort of a, a standard of, you know, sort of money transfer. Um, we Interoperability is trying to do some of that, create a sort of framework by which um, data and data elements move through, but still not do so in a sort of a pro-competitive sort of manner there. Sure, so. sure. And kind of along those lines, uh, Krishna, one thing that we have been hearing in like the political space is that this is Medicare for all um, sort of guarantee and in a capitalistic society, um, which America has pretty much always been. Um, is that like a realistic promise? I mean, I know it's more of a political question, but I, I personally don't think it's you know, in our in our values, intrinsic intrinsic values in, in the states to be sort of a Medicare for all type type country. So um, do you kind of foresee that happening or is the insurance company too big to kind of be taken out or removed from from that process? A great question. You know, I obviously the, the you know the there have been sort of many flavors of this mm-hmm. over the over the decades there as well. I mean, interestingly, Medicare itself isn't one entity. I mean, Medicare, a good chunk of just Medicare is outsourced to commercial payers mm-hmm. via Medicare Advantage, um, and so the CMS as a sort of a payer um, has their fee for service that they administer, and they certainly encourage sort of public private partnership for for even you know their members in the process so medicare for all doesn't necessarily mean that they will just be one payer or one sort of administrative body working on on the on how sort of care gets financed and and sort of networks get built in the process um but it is a you know there is i think more more work to sort of define what that really means yeah. um, and, and what it means from a truly from a sort of a you know competitive insurance companies that are sort of in the the private sector too um, it, largely my sense is just given sort of the ethos of our country mm-hmm. you you'd want choice you'd want to you know yeah. you'd have want to have sort of competition um, likely the the CMS is lean just like it has been for decades with Medicare advantages we want our our sort of constituents at large to have sort of choice and so mm-hmm. I think that'll probably continue would be my sense okay um, obviously there is a, a different question on sort of coverage and is mm-hmm. there ways we can create um, coverage for sort of the uninsured and, and is sort of quote-unquote Medicare for all a way to um, you know, expand coverage for people that don't have coverage, um, um, and, so, and that's a, a different question, right? It's yeah. a question of access um, to insurance as opposed to who administers insurance or who builds and manages networks. And so, depending on how you sort of define it, I think there's some, you know, we we ideally would want every American to be covered mm-hmm. by some insurance and people don't go bankrupt because they don't have access to good insurance there. Um, I think that philosophy of, you know, for all makes sense, but how it gets sort of administered, how it sort of plays out. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll have to sift through what is rhetoric and what is sort of reality there and and figure out how it sort of lands in the political cycle. And Krishna, um, I know you're busy, so just a couple more questions. Um, Moving away from from kind of the details of, of healthcare, um, I want to know why why do you teach? You already got so much going on. Why why add an extra extra job to your to your to your day? <laughs> <laughs> great, great question. It's interesting. I've been uh, you know as I've um, as I think through like you know the, the, the twenty four hours I have in a, hours I have in a day, and I think. You know, it's been it's been interesting. I want to sort of make sure I'm prioritizing my time on just activities that 
that sort of helped me grow, helped me learn, and helped me sort of contribute to the sort of the greater common good. Um, and so whether it's it, one of the things I love about working for, for a, a payer, like even Blue Cross, I think is the opportunity to make an impact for the 16 million members we serve. Like how do we sort of um, shape how we, we deliver value-based care? How do we make care more affordable? How do we sort of influence um, sort of payment models so that we are, inf- you know, we can influence and incentivize um, sort of models that reward on better outcomes and better um, sort of clinical effectiveness for our members. So it's a cool opportunity to sort of shape how healthcare gets delivered. Um, and so that sort of theme ex- extends to, you know, whether I spend time with sort of the nonprofits I support uh, or, or teaching, uh, it's how do I, uh, it's such a unique opportunity because teaching, I think, keeps me always on my toes. I'm okay. always learning, yeah. um, whether it's the, because it's A, it's such an evolving field. Mm-hmm. B, you know, students like you <laughs> are asking questions, uh, you know, sort of keeping me on my toes. So I'm always learning and researching about a topic. And I think it's such a unique opportunity to sort of uh, help, you know, shape and and uh, and sort of work with the sort of the next generation of leaders. Um, and I've said this to, to you in class and others as well. I'm so excited that people are, are you know, sort of on on the bus with me, wanting to sort of uh, solve the challenges of tomorrow. And and uh, the more sort of bright people that are sort of willing to learn and understand the complexities of our healthcare system and want to sort of understand all the levers and all the data, all the technology, how the models are set up, um, it's to help sort of solve for a better tomorrow for all of us. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, and and uh, teaching gives me sort of access to your mind share mm-hmm. and gives keeps my mind fresh. And, and it's such a, a cool responsibility and opportunity and a blessing to to sort of, uh, you know, help sort of craft that, uh, the leaders of tomorrow, which is so exciting because I need, I need all of your guys' <laughs> help in order to solve our healthcare problems. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed your class, uh, Krishna. And my, my final question is, um, you are leading our book club this year. Yeah. I'm sorry, this, this quarter. Um, and the book that we're reading is American Sickness. So what is your favorite book in general and why? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, it's, that's actually one of my favorite books. Oh, I've, really? Okay. Um, it's a it's a really cool book, particularly around it. it um, I don't know if you've started reading it uh, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I'll, the I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> yammer about it so people can uh, start it too. Uh, what I love about it is it's a it's a it's a really good sort of education on all the stakeholders that exist in healthcare, and sort of their own sort of incentives and and why the system is the way the system is and i think truly for for you know sort of change makers and people that want to sort of improve the system and make this sort of better outcomes and more efficient we have to understand why the system is the way it is we have to respect the legacy we have to understand what about how it is sort of structured um, and what are the players and their incentives and and their drivers um, for us to truly make make change in the system, it's it's you're oftentimes we we have people in the outside that are just like, oh, this is crazy, just like fix it. It's like, well, like it, it, if it was, yeah. if if it was, you know, somebody could regulate our way, somebody could sort of, ma- you know, magic wand our way, it would have happened, right? If that yeah. was so easy, it would have happened decades back, um, and so. Understanding the complexity of the system is step one, and and the American Sickness is a is a great sort of book to to help sort of understand 
why is it the way it is? Who are the players? Uh, what makes what makes makes the system the way it is? It's also got some sort of interesting sort of practical tips on how to sort of you know work work the system, uh, work with the system, sort of understand it, and so you're more aware. The other book that have, has always been a favorite for me is a book called Switch. It's about okay. making change happen when change is hard and. Okay. Um, and some written by two psychologists and a really cool book on just the the behavior of humans and and what it takes to make change happen so um really cool book as well and i think i'd say those two and you know understand the system and then you know <laughs> all the tips and tricks on how to make change happen i think is a, is a good sort of compliment as well to read it's so, a good pairing i have to yeah. check it out <laughs> well yeah. thank you krishna i really appreciate it hope you had a good time um and i look forward to seeing more of what you do you're always running around in, in nice suits in the company so <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> i appreciate it yeah i'm no, happy to help and thanks for having me and always a pleasure so. oh, no problem Thank you.